Optophobia, the fear of opening one's eyes. This podcast is dedicated to encouraging you, our listeners, to move beyond that fear, to solve riddles they don't want us to unriddle, to investigate supposedly ironclad truths, to unearth evidence buried for so long they believed it would stay buried. Season 1. A Cold War-era military base in the Horn of Africa called Cagnew Station. For years, there was an official story about a U.S. intelligence project at Cagnew, codenamed Stonehouse. The project included a pair of 15-story parabolic antennas that the American government claimed was simply part of a powerful radio communications operation. But as the space race with the Soviet Union intensified, that cover story looked increasingly flimsy. By the 1970s, civil war forced the U.S. from Ethiopia, and Cagnew Station closed for good. Or did it? What was Stonehouse, really? What happened at Cagnew Station between 1974 and 1991 when violence and war gave perfect cover to any shadowy agency, organization, or cabal seeking it? This season on Optophobia, we'll track down the distortions, the assumptions, the omissions. Are you bored by the lies? Open your eyes. Hi, everyone. I'm your host, George Utley, and I'm here with my co-host, Deborah. Hi, Deborah. Hi, George. How are you? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not doing so well, George. Why? What happened? I just, I couldn't sleep last night because I was thinking about chapter three of my book. And your book is called? My book, uh, my book is I Can't Go for Mind Control parentheses, no can do, and parentheses, colon, hall, oats, and the Soviet roots of blue-eyed soul. I'm sorry, I haven't been introduced yet. Would you mind repeating that so I could write it down? So my book, uh, available at all free-thinking bookstores, is I Can't Go for Mind Control, parentheses, no can do, and parentheses, colon, the Soviet roots of blue-eyed soul. Sorry, hall, oats, and the Soviet roots of blue-eyed soul. Well, I was thinking about chapter three of of that book that I wrote, and chapter three is entitled, Your Kiss is Not on My List. And I could not sleep because I was just thinking about all the other things that are on that list of the best things in life for Hall & Oates that are just antithetical to the American way. All the different things that are on the list that aren't the the kiss. That aren't the kiss. So it's, it's your kiss, and then it's... It's it's forced labor. Your kiss, it's mind control. Your kiss, you know, those are all the other things that are on their list of the best things in life for a, a Soviet pop group, yeah. like Hall Oates. I had never really thought before about what else was on that list. Interesting. Yeah. See, once you start, once you start digging and pulling back those those complex sonic layers 
that that are hiding the true message of Holland Oates songs, then you know you start you start finding these these horrible facts about them and it's anti-american facts anti-american facts it's really dissettling fascinating what well, i'm sorry you're feeling out of sorts yes i am out of sorts i had to have three decaf coffees today just a quick note if you haven't listened to our first episode uh, it's a good place to start we lay out the known history of the cagnew station story so it's the easiest way to get a bit to a basic grounding in the story that we'll be talking about through the season. You can also read that background at our website, optophobia.org. Our scheduled guest this week, retired bank teller Reginald Sharve, was unable to make it, unfortunately. His wife called a few days ago and said Reginald had been called out of retirement um, for a major bank telling emergency, and he hadn't slept all week and was exhausted. So hopefully we can reschedule with Reginald, but honestly, we lucked out. We were able to convince today's guest to join us last minute. He's a big name in CAG News Station circles, Theodore Kettle. Hello. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Theodore, thanks so much for joining us at Op- on Optophobia. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself, where you live, what you do for a living, and then we'll get into your CAG New experience? Of course, of course. Uh, uh, some of you may not know me. I've been on the message wars quite a bit. But my name is Theodore Kettle. I'm originally from Essex. I'm currently based in uh, in New York. Uh, I am currently a question writer for OK Cupid, and uh, I have an interesting conspiracy theory. Oh, we call it a conspiracy theory, more like a real life event that may have happened to me. But we can get into that later. Um, currently single, still looking. So if any of you are listening out there, you know, hit me up. Um, I've posted my cell phone on many a telephone pole around the city. So if you see uh, uh, just a number just on a pole that's been stapled there, call it. It might be me. Is it 8675309? It isn't. And you have no idea how hard I tried to get that one. I mm-hmm. really lobbied. Mm-hmm. I called the person who had it and they said, stop it. Was her name Jenny? Her name is, is his name was was Tom. And he was very upset. He was He had a newborn. Oh, that's not in the song. No, 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 it wasn't. And he was not as nice. And it wasn't, I always thought we were going to find a love connection. It wasn't. Anyways, you see a cell phone number, call it. I might happen to be on the other end. So do you go by Theodore or Ted? Oh, uh, um, Theo. I go by Theo. Oh, you do go by Theo. Yeah, I go by Theo. Never, never Ted. Don't do that. No, never Ted. No. Never Ted. And I say that with all kindness. Don't do it. Don't do it. Let's not see what happens. Okay, noted. Mm. Okay, thank you. Tell us a little bit, Theo, about Essex. What was Essex like? Kind of about you and growing up in the UK. Sure. Most of your listeners are familiar with the the moors of of the Bronte sisters, the way it sort of has mists over many, many hills. Essex is not like that. Essex sucks. However, when I was very young, uh, my father became the ambassador to Ethiopia. So he moved very soon when I was young to Addis Ababa. And so I spent most of my youth there. And so while I remember Essex and what I remember sucked, 
Addis Ababa was a journey for a young man such as myself. I spent most of my time in my youth with him, sort of at his side. They'd be like, oh, it, it was cute at first. They used to be like, oh, it's, look, it's, it's Theo. It's Theo. It's with his father. He's in the meeting again. And it, it, it quickly got sad. I got very tall very quickly. And an 18-year-old acting as a child would in a very important high-level meeting with Ethiopian officials doesn't go the way you would think it would. You know, it doesn't have that same level. Hey, he's a cute child. I was an adult at that point. So I stayed with my father in Addis from the ages of six to about 26, doing various odd jobs. Now, you may not know this, but on an embassy, you can have a significant other there or a family member up until the age of 18. Unless you're married to them. Afterwards, they have to be doing something. So they put me on various jobs around the embassy. I, I got fired from all of them. All, all, I, was, I was deemed a security risk at all of them. So eventually, I settled into being uh, administrative secretary for the management and operations of it. So I did a lot of writing, which is sort of what led me in my current career. Can I ask just one question? Yeah, of course. Oh, yes. It's actually more of a request for the ladies out there. Could you just say Addis Ababa one more time? Addis hyphen. A barber. Oh, boy. Huh? We're, now we're cooking. Thank you. And what's interesting is that accent that you're mm-hmm. hearing. Um, in my country, it's deemed uh, like nails on a chalkboard. The way I speak is horrifying. But to people in the United States, it's beautiful and sultry and it has a dulcet tone to it. I don't know. I use it. hasn't worked out for me, but I use it often. What, what were the years that your uh, father took you to Addis? Uh, uh, ooh, this was probably, uh, I would say, some in the 80s, in the 80s to the 90s, yes. Interesting that that was kind of in this period in Ethiopian history that mm. we've talked about before on this show. It's kind of a dark period. Mm. It must have been a turbulent time no. to be there. No, no not, 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 not for me. I mean, outside people were killing each other. But inside the embassy, it was fun. Oh, my God. You, you can get alcohol in there. You're not supposed to have alcohol in artists. But we could have alcohol. We could have all these different... We had parties all the time. I was bringing girls over because, you know, it's, it's the embassy. It's secure. So I don't know if they were really there for me or they were there for the, you know, the safety of the walls. But it was really this fun time. I mean, everyone was partying. You'd hear gunshots over the walls every once in a while. But it was like a little green zone. You know, we had this perfect sort of beautiful thing going. I would get the music going. One of my boys would get some, you know, other jam. We'd uh, fly in some records like Hall and Oates. We'd fly in other records like you know Led, Led Zeppelin, like all these cool bands of the time, you know. And we just pumped the jams around the pool. It was pretty wild. It was a great time. Pumped the mind that. control. Hmm? Pumping the mind control. That's right. The Hall and Oates. Yes, I'm sorry to bring that up. I'm sorry to bring that up. Didn't mean to. <sighs> it's okay. That's all right. Sorry about that. My cross to bear, really. Sorry about that. Theo, talk a little bit about about the parties. Was the embassy? The center of nightlife in in Addis at the time? It became. It became. Before the... all the troubles, as I like to call them, or as Papa would call them, we really just sort of, you know, we would go out to clubs and stuff like that. But the moment the guns started firing, everyone was looking for a safe port to call home. And so I really, I was the one who started getting it because at around the time these parties started, I was about 18 years old and... uh, uh, I had not lost my V-card at around this time, and I was desperate to give it away to anyone, to anyone, quite frankly. And so I was looking to, to date a lady, and I figured if I was the host of multiple parties, I would be able to get closer to multiple women. It never happened for me. Not there, at least. That's sort of why I was going down this path, because it sounds like 
I know from your your research and your writing about Cagnew mm-hmm. that there is a connection between what you're describing, the parties at the embassy, and a, a trauma that happened, I think, to you in the Danakil Depression. Uh, one would call it a trauma, and it's been painted that way uh, on many forums. Many people have told me what happened to you was not cool, or I don't think what happened to you was a good thing. I think it was one of the best nights of my life. Mm. It sounds like you're about to tell a story that I would pair with Night Moves by Bob Seger. I'm not going to lie to you. Most of what happened that night was to the soundtrack of Riding the Silver Bullet, I believe was the album. Oh, boy. Most of that night. In the back seat of my 60 Chevy. That was almost exactly what happened. So let me ask you, do you all want me to get into this they, story? They, yeah. oh, go, please. Let's go please. back and, and start from the beginning of this story. I, I'm desperate to get it out because mm-hmm. I've been trying to explain this to people multiple times. I explained this to my coworkers. They, they leave the room. They never, they never speak to me. This is one of the happiest times of my life. So I'll go into detail. I was 26 year, years old and still a virgin. And I, as I've been talking about before, Desperate to give away that card. Anyone. Deal it to anyone. And so, I was listening to the radio one day, as a lad would, and I come across this interesting frequency that I never heard. It was a frequency coming from the east. In the direction of... Stanhouse. I'm sorry, I may have whispered that. Stanhouse. And I heard something that I had never heard before. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Come on down for a big sale. Low, low prices. Now to some people, this may seem like an ad. Not to me. Hmm. I deciphered it, and very quickly I found coordinates within the time code of the way the person was speaking. And I found longitude and latitude that led me to the Danakil Depression. So I loaded up my Chevy. It's bulletproofed because mm. it's an embassy car. Loaded it up with beers and me and my friend, Michael. We went out to the Danakil Depression to see what was up. And what we ran into was the most raucous jamming party I have ever, ever been a part of. So let me interrupt you really quickly yes. to, to explain, I think, to people who aren't sure about what the Danakil Depression is. Mm-hmm. The Danakil Depression is a part of the Afar region in Ethiopia. Mm-hmm. It was a depression that formed when tectonic plates shifted between Africa and Asia. Oh, that's what they'll tell you. Right along the Eritrean-Ethiopian border. Mm-hmm. And it is where probably about 10 years, 15 years before you were there, mm-hmm. Lucy, the most famous fossil mm-hmm. ever, was found near the Awash River. Three and a half million year old fossil that changed the way that we thought about human evolution. Interestingly, when Donald Johansson, the American archaeologist who found Lucy, discovered her, that night they were celebrating to one cassette tape that they had. This was 1974, I think. Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds that they turned up very loud, and that became the name of this hominid fossil. So it doesn't surprise me that you heard music coming from the cradle of humanity, as this area of the world is called, the most rich paleontological area on Earth. You call him Donald Johansson. I call him DJ Donnie. 
because he is still there. He is still cranking out the tunes. Interesting. And when I showed up, it was the most secret, the most exclusive party you could ever come across. And I tell you what, that man can get down. He found Lucy. He also found me, my manhood, that night. It was spectacular. Would you like me to go into detail? Hold that thought for one second. Let's take a break. And when we come back, we will hear what happened to you. We'll be right back. Hey, Optophobes. So last week, I told you about spikenard monocled cobra solve, a solve, not a salve, that helps you lose weight on the specific part of your body where you apply it. SMCS is an emollient made from the jatamanzi plant and venom from the monocled cobra, both located in the Himalayas in Nepal. So I used SMCS this week on my neck because I've been embarrassed lately about its girth. What I told you then was that if you use this product, within a certain amount of time, things will happen. That proved so true. The promise waft of toads, fish, and rodents from the monocled cobra's diet was less subtle than I had expected, and the stinging, pinching, punctury feeling lasted longer than the advertised three hours. But I have to say, after a week of four times daily applications, my neck has lost a lot of skin, so that might help it look thinner. And the bright redness has abated in favor of a more striking black-purple hue. So, Spikenard monocled Cobra Solve. Check it out. Okay, we're back. Theo. Yes. You were at a very important moment uh, in, re- in telling us the story of what happened to you in the Danakil Depression in the far region of Ethiopia. Yes. Please continue. You're talking about the moment before I lost my virginity. The night moves. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what I call them. That's what I call them. You know, every time I put on that record, I'm taken back to that specific time. Mm, it's the magical thing about music. Yeah, yeah. So there was this, the party that Donnie, and I'm going to call him DJ Donnie, his full name is... I never actually got his full name. His full name is... His full name is Donald Johansson. I refuse to refer to him by that name. DJ Donnie put on the, just the most blasting tracks you've ever heard. I mean, we're thumping. We're having a good time. It's like the party scene uh, from Zion on the Matrix Revolutions. We're just going at it. And then finally, a slow jam comes on. And what plays? Night moves. Night moves, Deborah. Oh. Deborah, you're so good oh, at that. I just feel like Donnie's trying to take my job. I feel like Don yeah. DJ Donnie is trying to take my job. Well, he's, he's trying to take all of oh. he's, he's the pied, he's the Pied Piper of sexuality. That man, I'm telling you right now. He found Lucy, but oh. he is way in my book. He's way more well known for getting plenty of teenagers laid. Anyways, different topic. They put on a slow jam, and all of a sudden. All these sweaty young dancers from all across Ethiopia turn to each other and they find a partner. And I found my partner. Her name was Olga. And she spoke with a thick Russian accent. Her name was Olga. Olga, yes. yes. I didn't, didn't catch her last name. And I put my, my hands upon her hips. She put her arms around my shoulders. We danced slowly. And it was romance. For the first time, I found love. I've never found it since. I'll be honest with you. The love that I found in that moment I have never found since. 
never found before, and I don't believe I will ever find again. It's one of the reasons I am at this job in particular. And there was a moment in which she said, uh, do you know passcode? And I knew what she was referring to. Key to her heart. And so I whispered the words, I love, and before I could finish, blackness. I awoke in the middle of the desert. My shirt was off. A penis was drawn on my face. I don't know by who, but it doesn't matter. Because I knew that in the space between me saying I love you in that moment, I had lost my virginity. I was certain of it. No one could tell me otherwise. My father, who said to me, You fool, what are you talking about? That means nothing. You didn't actually remember the act. You can't have lost your virginity. I said, Father, you're being ridiculous. All my friends, my mother, all my inter and extended family, none of them believe me. But I will say this right now. I lost my virginity that night to Olga. And I have been trying to find her ever since. Oh, my gosh. I'm sorry. I am I am just positively flabbergasted right now. Because you have just answered a mystery that I have been trying to solve since I played all the songs in the Hall & Oates catalog backwards, looking for messages. And if you play... By the way, you, you know that syncs up perfectly with The Wizard of Oz. It does. Yeah. It so does. Go the one good thing they've done. If you play She's Gone backwards, it says, Olga. Get out of here. If you play She's Gone, which is a perfectly sunk song to your story. Yes. Besides Night Moves. Yeah. If you play that backwards, it says Olga. What what could it possibly mean? Is it, I mean, do, do they know her? Could Could I get her number from them? Probably. They knew all of the top Russian officials in charge of their intercontinental communications. I'm sorry, I, I, I apologize. I'm making a point. I've done extensive research on the topic. Please. Is, is Olga a member of the government? Because she didn't say anything like that. I mean, y- yes, she was dressed head to toe in what looked to be a uniform. Yeah. She had bars on her shoulders, sure. Had an eagle on, on her lapels, yeah, fine. Was wearing a tricorner hat, okay. But I don't think she was a member of the government. I, I would have known. I can guess these things. Mm. This was the 1980s, right? Oh, uh, yeah. Mm. Mm. Sorry, just real quick. I refer to the 1980s based on films, so this was Red Dawn. This was around the time This is of the Red, Red Dawn, Dawn year. Era, yeah. yes. The... Russians in the 1980s mm-hmm. had gotten wind of what was happening. This is, again, according to declassified U.S. intelligence documents, mm. so take them with a grain of salt. Mm. That I take everything with a grain of salt. The Russians knew about Stonehouse and had set up sort of a competing, or were trying to, to set up a competing communication system nearby. It's possible that what you ran into the party that you ran into could have been covert Soviet officials working on a project there. All right. All right. Listen, now I'm a big fan of conspiracy theories myself. I love your podcast. I love you. I love you. You are phenomenal. But I think that's a bit too far. Honestly, I mean, really, that's a bit of a stretch from both of you. And I honestly, I don't like the suggestion that Olga did not love me for me. 
that she did not love my line, what's up sugar tits, when I first ran into her, that that wasn't the opening salvo that would have opened her heart to me, okay? I don't mm. think that's the case, all right? I'm a very charming man. I'm not a misogynist, all right? I'm not a weirdo who no one likes, who has been working for OkCupid this entire time to try and get someone to love him via the system. It's not the case, all right? I'll tell you that right now. Mm. Because Olga loved me for me. There is no ulterior motive. I did not come here to be savaged, personally. I will not hear this, okay? All right? She was not... So what if... At the moment Night Moves started playing, the entire party cleared out, and as I looked around, there were only people dressed in uniforms looking at me, speaking into their uh, uh, handkerchiefs and saying, we've got him, we've got him. No, that's not the case, all right? And so what? Yes, I was the only one besides my ambassador father who had access to all the security codes in the British embassy in Addis Ababa. That's not the case, all right? So what? It doesn't matter. She loved me for me, all right? Sorry, I'm getting so hot and bothered. I'm going to take a drink. Theo, tell us then about how how do you connect in your mind what happened to you that day with Cagnew Station? The way I connect it is is very, very simple. Uh, Cagnew Station is uh, uh, an extended antenna broadcast of DJ Donnie's sick hits so that it is so powerful it will play to all of Ethiopia. It is not as some people have claimed, a way to mind control others from around the world, from North Africa, starting into the rest of the world. It's not that. And it is definitely not taking over Britain slowly because the passcodes that were contained in the embassy were communiques that aligned our British satellites and our antennas with North Africa's. That's not the case, all right? I don't care how many times I'm tired of telling people this, all right? Olga loved me for me, okay? She liked me. I'm I'm the cool guy in this situation, all right? I'm the one she loves. I'm the good one, all right? Theo. I'm tired of yelling. Theo, in my line of work, we deal with the currency of truth. Mm-hmm. And the truth is that the Russians had a, a covert program during the Cold War that they referred to as Project Maneater. And the tagline of Project Maneater was, Oh, here she comes. Watch out, boy. She'll chew you up. Oh, here she comes. She's a man-eater. Could that in any way be tied to your experience? Are you trying to tell me that my first and only girlfriend, Olga, was designed uh, to steal information from me? Is that what you're telling me right now? Theo, we're not trying to tell you anything. We're trying to open your eyes. When I woke up, I realized that the penis drawing was in her shade of lipstick. Um, ooh, didn't think I'd have a breakdown on mm. airwaves, but that's mm. what might be happening. Ooh, um, mm-hmm. but, uh, hmm. Theo, on, on my show, my I've tagline... Told everyone, mm-hmm. I've told everyone that I've lost my virginity. Are you telling me right now I'm still a virgin? Are you telling me right now, at this moment, you're looking at a virgin? Deborah has done this for a living. This is exactly Mm -hmm. what she's good at. I'm just telling you that she knows and can can hear things that other people can't Mm -hmm. hear. Mm -hmm. They're called emotional frequencies. And the emotional frequency that I'm getting from you right now is one of dishonesty with yourself, Theo. I'm still a virgin. 
Oh God, I'm still a virgin. This is a song that I would I'm pair. Keep noise. A story that I would pair with "When Two Become One" by the Spice Girls, because I want you to know how that feeling of unity feels, and that you can find that within yourself. You can find that to becoming one within yourself. You don't need a Russian operative. What, like an incel? Are you telling me I need to become an incel now? The two become one? I'm going to find it within myself? I'm telling you that you need to find your ultimate release within yourself, whatever that means to you. This has been Deborah. Sorry, I do that out of reflex. If you are telling me Mm -hmm. that I need to jerk off in order to release this, I'll tell you what. I've been doing it, sister, and it ain't working, Mm. all right? Mm. I need to find a relationship. Olga was the one I was... You don't get it, all right? My job at OkCupid's really simple. I write all these questions to connect people. 90% of my questions have been, are you a Russian woman who is six foot four and has mid to back length blonde hair? Most of my questions have been that. I'm about to get fired because that's all I keep submitting to them. I'm trying to find Olga actively via OkCupid. You're telling me I didn't even lose my virginity to her? I'm going to use an aquatic metaphor here. Yes. There are more fish in the sea, Theo. Thank you. Deborah, that's very kind there of you. There are more fish in the sea and more that are not actively trying to prevent America from achieving its most American dream. I'm sorry, can I also put that out there? Mm -hmm. If they are, I'm okay with it. I'm just, Mm. I mean, you can use whatever information you need Mm -hmm. from me, you can come get it. Come get it, I'm here. Uh, Deborah is not on the best terms with Hall & Oates as far as we know, but if they know something about Olga and about how to find her, maybe it's possible that Deborah could find out. That's true. Holland Oates does know my address because it's on all of the court files and proceedings. Okay, this is perfect. Um, it, could you write down a couple of notes, if you were to speak to them, about what Olga looked like, okay? Um, she's six foot four. Um, uh, her hair comes off really easily. Uh, she, uh, her amazing biceps. Her hair comes off really easily? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like alopecia or a wig because she was in disguise? I want to say the first, but I know it's the second. Uh, She could do a lot of push-ups. She also responds to the name Ivan for some reason. Anytime someone would say Ivan, Olga would turn around and say, yep, I mean, nope, I'm Olga. This is Olga. This is not Ivan. Stop calling me Ivan. I thought we agreed to that before the mission. So that's how she responds. I have several new songs to go with this story now. All right. Uh, One other thing. She... She could drink a lot. She could drink anyone under the table. So, those details, please. Got them all down. Okay, thank you. Well, that seems like a good place to stop for this week. I want to thank our guest, mm. Theodore Kettle. Thank um, you. Some pa- fascinating food for thought. Yeah, good luck, Theo. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, and as ever, thank you to my co host this week, Deborah. You can pick up a copy of Deborah's book, I Can't Go for Mind Control, No Can Do. Hall Oates and the Soviet Roots of Blue-Eyed Soul in some bookstores. 
Free-thinking ones. Free-thinking bookstores. Next week, we're going to talk to Ginger Mull, a tugboat captain from Woonsocket, Rhode Island, who is 100% certain that a family of vampires is living in the abandoned husks of the Stonehouse antennas. Thanks for listening to Optophobia. I'm George Utley, and I'll leave you with this. A seaman masters the sea, thus mastering the majesty of its mystery. If you've got theories about what was really going on at Cagnew Station, we'd like to hear them. You can find us on our website, optophobia.org, or on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at at optophobes. And please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Thank you to Saleh Karaman, who played our guest Theodore Kettle. Saleh performs with Knox and Colossus, usually at the Washington Improv Theater. Follow him on Instagram at at Cirque du Salad. Liz Sanders played Deborah. Liz performs with Madeline, a Washington Improv Theater house ensemble. Optophobia was produced by Tim Townsend. Music was composed by Bart Warshaw. Cover art by Claire Smalley. Website by Chance Griffin. Thanks for listening. Until next week, keep them open. <laughs>